coming in, but I think we can go ahead and start with a little bit of our housekeeping details. Um, I think many of you are accustomed to our Lunch and Learn format, so this will be a review. Um, I'm Kiersey Aulin, I'm the director of the Ombuds Office, and um, we are today delighted to have Dahlia Smith join us. She is a um, um, longtime career counselor uh, with skills galore, lots of experience, and she is the founder of the staff career counseling program here at uh, CU Boulder. Um, we have you all automatically muted. That is intentional. Um, just a reminder for those of you who've been here before, we will be recording this session. And so um, if you have questions um, that you wanna ask in a more private manner, um, you can contact Dahlia uh, and the Career Counseling Service and schedule an appointment. We will be running through a series of questions. Thank you, Liz, for the website. Um, that we've prepared uh, for our little fireside chat. Um, it's a, the purpose of it is for you to get to know Dahlia a little bit and also to um, hear a little bit about the program and career counseling as a field. And then we'll have a question and answer session at the end. Um, and so feel free to put your questions in the chat as we go along. Um, my colleague, Liz Hill, who is the Associate Director of the Ombuds Office, she will be monitoring the chat and she will also answer any technical questions that you have about, I don't know, sound, video quality, things like that. Um, and then Liz will convey those questions to us at the end when we have a Q&A section of this presentation so that we can answer all your questions, hopefully, anyway. Um, so welcome, Dahlia. We're so pleased to have you here. Um, uh, we have been wanting to do this for some time. Um, the program that you have founded here at CU Boulder is such an enormous be um, benefit to staff. And I refer people to you multiple times a week. So I thought it would be great to have people hear from you directly and um, potentially ask questions that they might have. So if we, are you uh, comfortable for us to dive right into my first question or did you have anything you wanted to say? Okay. Well, thank you. So, for oh, absolutely. So my first question is a really simple one. Did you always want to be a career counselor? Well, you know, um, career counseling wasn't actually part of the landscape or a term that I was familiar with earlier in life. It just that wasn't something that you would hear about. Um, but, you know, I was thinking about how when I was growing up, uh, one of the earliest memories I have goes back to third grade and I'm walking with a friend of mine and she is sharing with me some of her troubles that she's having with school and in her family. And, um, and I was just you know, completely present with her with just this empathy. And then we were problem solving. And I just remember 
having this flow experience, you know, just being so completely present. So there were mm. glimpses uh, of those skills early on. Um, but I actually was in a program, a PhD program in my early 20s to um, get a degree to teach foreign languages. Um, oh. so I was going to be a professor. And but after about wow. a year, I, I dropped out uh, because I, I realized that the impact, the kind of impact that I wanted to have on people's lives wasn't going to happen uh, with that particular path. So gotcha. it, yeah, it just wasn't until my later 20s that I figured out uh, that I wanted to be a counselor. And so I went and I got a master's degree in social work. Oh, wow. So if you were to give, you know, think back to your 18 year old self to give your 18 year old self advice, what would it be? Well, Kirsty, where is that time machine? <laughs> I would really like a chance to do that because what I'd like to do is be able to reassure her uh, that she was just a worried teenager trying to figure out, you know, her life plan. And uh, and I'd like to tell her it's okay. You can just relax and and try to enjoy being a teenager to the degree that you can when you're a teenager. You know, um, I was actually a first gen college student. And the only person in my family to get a college degree. So I really felt like I was pretty much on my own to figure out, you know, what to do. So, yeah, I wish I could go back and tell her it's going to be okay. There's going to be twists and turns and it's all going to work out. Oh, that's wonderful. I love it. So you mentioned your first gen and, you know, doing career counseling is, you know, based on Oh, thanks, Liz. She said just great advice based on, you know, you have to have an advanced degree to be a career counselor and you're probably often working with people that have college degrees. So how would your parents describe what you do? You know, um, I think my scholastic endeavors and my employment path they were always sort of a mystery to my parents. Uh, my parents were very working class. Uh, my dad had a high school diploma and he worked for the government. And my mother had a GED, which she got later in life uh, when she was in her 40s and she worked in a factory. So they really, they didn't know much about like the world of academia or, you know, anything really about higher ed. So um, I really felt like I was pretty much on my own. Um, but I think now if they could describe what I do, they would probably say something like, she helps others have a say to find their way. Mm. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I love that. So what would you say is the most important lesson you've learned over your career? You know, looking back, I'd say that alignment with your values is really key because um, it just almost always wins out. And when you're in situations that don't align, that it's hard to um, to stay long term in those situations. Um, so that's that's really very important. And uh, that's why I love doing the work I do. It's to help people to get in alignment if they're, if they're not feeling that. And I guess I'd like to throw in a life lesson here too. Sure. Um, when I was in my early twenties, there was a death in my family um, mm. that really changed my whole life. And um, 
and what it did, and I think the pandemic really brought this out for, for so many people too, is just this realization that our time here is really limited. And, yeah. and recently I've been reading that it's for the person who lives to about 80 in the US, it's about 4,000 weeks. I mean, 4,000 weeks, that's not much. That doesn't seem <laughs> like a lot. So it's like, you don't want to squander your precious time, you know, in life. Yeah. 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 I love that. So what would you say is the best compliment you've ever gotten about your work? Sounds like you get pretty deep with people. I love your questions. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, when a client says to me that the work that we're doing or that we've done has had a positive impact, um, that just brings such, um, meaning to you know to me uh it's like the big bonus it's it's a real dopamine hit you know yeah 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 Yeah. I love that yeah that's true for me too in the ombuds office you know sometimes people circle back to us and tell us uh the impact that we've had and um that's really um and just a joyful joyful experience um so getting more specific about career counseling, what would you say is a common myth about your job or your field of expertise? There's a few out there. Um, One of the ones that comes to mind is um, the idea that it's all about the uh, quantitative, you know, uh, the metrics there um, that, you know, I, I like to challenge that because there are a lot of nuances to career counseling. And I would say the qualitative is just as important as the quantitative. And certainly, Mm. you know, we strive to to meet goals and, but, you know, there's a lot more to it than that. And I guess the other one um, that I'd like to mention is this idea that, that people have to figure out that one passion, you know, that one passion that's going to sort of unlock everything. And I just don't see that that's true for most people, that a lot of different kinds of contributions we can make over the course of our lives. And so um, I think people end up feeling a lot of pressure and stress when they think they're supposed to figure out what that one passion is, and that they'll never feel like, stress about work again, if they can figure it out. <laughs> I think there was a book that had a title or something like that, you know, never work a day. Yeah. Like right. Yeah. 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 You I remember that, that title. I don't think I read the book, but yeah. 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 So anyway, that, those are two myths. Yeah. That would definitely be true for me. I've had three passions so far. French literature was the first one, then psychotherapy and now being an ombud. So definitely things change. In fact, I never knew about ombuds. I didn't know that thing existed um, before I saw a job ad for it. And I thought, oh, that's perfect. Uh-huh. So let me get a little more specific to what you do um, here. Um, so I want to let everyone know that um, these incredibly valuable services that Dahlia offers are actually free of charge to staff. Dahlia, recently I spoke with um, someone who uh, as an alumna from my alma mater, and she was seeking the kinds of services on the open market that you provide. And she was quoted $12,000 for a complete, you know, course of career counseling. So this is, I just want you all to know, you know, this is really a valuable, even monetarily valuable service besides all the 
um, interpersonal benefits that you bring, Dahlia, and the ability for people to focus on their values and have a values-based conversation about what they wanna do. So if someone's coming to you for their very first session, you know, what, what does that look like? What can people expect? Okay. Well, first, thanks for mentioning that about how much they would pay outside of CU for a session because, or, you know, for a, a package of sessions. It's, it's really, I mean, unreal. I've, people are charging 130 to 150 an hour and, you know, not thinking twice about that. So it is yeah. a valuable service that or benefit that CU offers the, the faculty and staff. Um, so what an initial session looks like is um, it's, I consider it an intake session. And what I like to do is learn as much as I can about the client. And so I'll ask uh, about their uh, educational background, their work history. I like to also learn about their family history in terms of you know their work history in the family. And then if there were any other like DEI related experiences that are relevant to mention, uh, we talk about constraints, personal constraints they might have, anything that can be impacting their career decision-making. So I like to be pretty comprehensive about about understanding where the person's at. And, um, and then the other thing I do is then I provide an overview of how I approach uh, the career decision-making process. And then we figure out where we wanna start and what sort of goals uh, that the person has in mind. And so that's what we um, do to begin with. And then what I like to do in for in-between sessions is I like to provide assignments if the person has time to work on them outside of a session because it really oh. keeps momentum going. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't realize that, you know, hearing how you approach that first session really helps me understand. I, as I mentioned, I send many people to you for these services and unanimously people come back with glowing reports about um, how much you care about them and how much you've helped them. And I can see what you do is extremely personalized to an individual and their needs. Um, so I want to go back to one of the myths. And so, um, you know, around quantitative things, does this, um, does career counseling involve assessment or testing? Well, that's, that's a great question. Um, you know, it, it, it can involve both, but actually the way I approach it, uh, even though I do use assessments if they're needed, uh, I do not uh, provide testing. Uh, I did that early in my career when I was working in the government sector. I had mm -hmm. to, and we did aptitude testing, which is, it's, oh yeah. Yeah. It's kind of akin <laughs> to, uh, to like, oh, taking the, oh, you know, college prep type tests, you know, where there's math equations and verbal um, questions, you know, trying to find out uh, their scores for that, where they stand in terms of their verbal fluency and all of that. And so I found that that was just really intimidating and it really didn't, it wasn't useful. It didn't help people so much. Um, and so I'm really thankful that that isn't part of what you know, <laughs> I'm doing here. Um, but assessments can factor in if, if the person is uh, interested in that. Most people have already taken assessments. And so I can work with assessments 
that they've already taken if there's okay yeah so they don't have to retake anything and you know again if it's useful that that's sort of a a a way I determine whether or not we want to bring something in or not Um, and if it's if those results are still valid for the person if they are interested in doing some assessments uh, with me I have some free ones that I offer um, that look at career values um, that look at skills that they have. We also, I like to assess their work history to identify mm. areas of burnout that they might have. You know, sometimes people have a tremendous number of skills, but they're just burned out. Um, and mm. so what do you do with that? You know, so right. that's one of the There's a lot of that have. going on, right? Going around right now, not just at CU Boulder, but yeah, I would say internationally because of we're you know we're emerging out of the pandemic and people yeah. are just they're just toast. Yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> so you meant you mentioned that you give people homework. So I'm wondering, you know, not just in terms of the homework, but also when they come to a current counseling session, what do people need to pre- be prepared to do? Well. I'd say there, there's two things that are very important. And one is uh, have an open mind. Okay. Yeah. And the other is to, um, to just be willing to push their comfort zone. Um, that sometimes people, you know, they, they kind of gotten comfortable where they're at. And, you know, there some of the things that I might suggest uh, actions that we as part of their plan might feel like it's a bit uncomfortable. Mm, (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Important. And uh, it's a process of stretching and growing. Exactly. It sounds like, yeah. For example, getting out and talking to people that you don't know to learn more Mm. about a particular career path or learning more about a department on campus. uh, That might not be something you normally would just go do on your own. But people feel accountability when we're working together. So it helps motivate them. And then I also um, coach them through that process, too. Oh, well, as a dyed-in-the-wool introvert, I love that you coach people in that. Because that kind of networking, I, I find it really uncomfortable. So I would love to have tips around that if I'm uh, where if I were looking at a career change, which I'm not. I love what I do. Um, so maybe we'll move into tips. Uh, you know, do you have some tips that you'd like to share for people who are looking for a new job? Oh, definitely. Um, so I think one tip that I want to emphasize is having the person uh, be open to leveraging their employer and their uh, experience, as well as their knowledge and their network. Uh, because oh. most jobs are not found through just replying to you know, postings, to job ads. Um, and so it's important to know how to do that, how to leverage those. And that's one of the things I coach in, is helping people to yeah. leverage. I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Well, So, and then a second tip I have is um, that you have to be more than just um, a a name on a pretty resume. (laughs) A lot of people put so much emphasis on their application materials, and I think that's important. Um, But it's having those contacts internally 
is really critical. Uh, not that those contacts are gonna get you the job. That's where a lot of people get confused. Um, those internal contacts to a department or an organization or a company are there to help you be known. You know, you're more mm. than just that information on the resume. And so that can often help people get their foot in the door for an interview. Um, and so you still have to interview well, you still have to be able to have the credentials and, and articulate, you know, uh, your abilities with those credentials. So, um, and again, I help coach through all of that. And so that's the second tip. And then let's see, the third tip I would have would be to, um, let me think here what that would be. It would really be, um, oh, let's see. I guess really understanding where the overlap is between your credentials and experience and who you are and what the employer's looking for. It's like that Venn mm. diagram, that overlap there. Yeah. So understanding that really clearly and being able to articulate that is, mm. is important, whether you're networking, whether you're actually being interviewed. Um, so all along the way. So again, that's another area that I can coach people through. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and in and particularly, I would say, you know, the research shows that women, when they apply for positions, will only consider positions that they have all the qualifications, whereas men apply for positions where they're aspirational. They have that Venn diagram overlap, but there are things that they're not competent in yet. So I love that you walk people through that process. And yeah. it really I, sounds like something that would help level the playing field for a lot of people who are applying. Yeah. Um, so Liz, I wanna check and see if people have questions at this point. Um, what, are you seeing anything? I did have one come directly to me. I'm not sure if it's been fully answered. Um, but maybe if, if there's still gaps um, in, the, you know, in the information or other questions, people can start putting them in now. And yeah. they, hey, they confirmed it's been answered. So thanks, Dahlia. <laughs> okay, great. Okay, fantastic. Um, so, yeah. Um, how do you sign up? Great question. We didn't cover that. Dahlia. Yeah. yeah, it's easy. It's really easy. All you have to do is send me an email. Uh, at dahlia.smith at colorado.edu. And it's Dahlia like the flower, D-A-H-L-I-A, and then plain old Smith, <laughs> dot Smith at Colorado. So, um, so yeah, and then I'll get you in the calendar. It's pretty easy. That's great. And thanks for sharing that link again, Liz. Um, so, yeah. And um, I have to say that you know, people come back with rave reviews about their work with Dahlia. Um, so can you assist a family member if a CU employee comes with them? No, unfortunately, I'm not able to do that. Um, I have to really limit, since I'm the only person here to work with, with staff, uh, really have to limit it right now to just working with staff. Yeah, so you've got some kudos from Blazy saying that she would not be where she is today if it weren't for your, your help. Um, Carrie, I do want to mention to you that anyone who is a CU Boulder grad or um, a buff, meaning you've matriculated, you've completed some of your education at CU Boulder, 
can for the entire life access the counseling center um, through that's in student affairs uh, for, I don't know if that helps in this situation, but um, that's yeah. available. And uh, this is specifically for staff. So Dahlia proposed and created this program where, um, you know, that um, we are now enjoying. Um, okay, Amanda's got a question about, can you help people transition into a retirement job, like a part-time or remote situation? She says she's not that close to that yet, but still. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And uh, helping people to understand if they're on para. Uh, I've got some rudimentary knowledge of that. So to help them navigate that, because sometimes you can, if you end up retiring with para, then it really frees up the ability to have more choice um, mm -hmm. once you're in that retirement job. So, and you yeah. can come back to see you and work a certain number of hours too, if you want to stay on. Yeah. Um, I, as an ombuds, um, work with people who are um, not at retirement yet, um, but they are really unhappy in their positions. Um, and we talk about, you know, first of all, I send them to Dahlia. <laughs> but we talk about how can you bridge yourself to late mid-career, from late mid-career to retirement? Is there a way to do that? and not stay in a position that is causing you, um, you know, endless grief and difficulty. Um, so it, I think that there are more options available to people generally than that what people think. And I, I, I've sent people to Dahlia who have explored that. Do you want to well, say something about that? Dahlia? Yeah, because uh, part of my background, I'm also a licensed therapist in Colorado. And so one of the things that happens is when people are really stressed, it's like their window of like of of uh, being able to see options just really narrows. And so one of the, the things that I help with is being able to step, you know, beyond that and to kind of get beyond sort of that neural pathway that they're stuck in, you know, that that groove of stress and to be able to start to see some uh, other possibilities. And Dahlia, yeah. there is a request to maybe point out some of the great resources you have on that website. So I've been putting the link, but I don't know if anyone's looking. Yeah. You might want to highlight a few of the- Love to, to yeah. talk about the. So there's, uh, Liz has put the link in to the Staff Career Development Program page on the HR website. And so, on that, there's information about the Staff Career Development Program, but if you scroll down, uh, there's actually seven videos that I put together, and that happened uh, when we had to come home to work you know, in our home offices because of the pandemic, and prior to that, I'd been going around the campus and doing different workshops. So what I did was I consolidated a lot of that information, and there's two videos that are on career exploration related topics, and then there's five that are on job search related topics. And there's accompanying documents and tools and exercises to do that relate to the videos. So I highly recommend that you uh, check that out and anybody can access that. You don't even have to be a, a staff member at CU 
Um, so if you have family members that need some, some assistance, oh, yeah. that can be a resource for them. Oh, fantastic. So uh, to, back to Carrie's question, um, that might be a great place for your family member to access great information. We have a lovely kudos from Laura Myers Wagner um, that, you know, she loves the work that you do and you're, she's your go, yeah, her go-to referral um, for, you know, for work. Um, so, you know, yeah. Tracy, there's one more, and thank you, Laura. Uh, really appreciate that. Um, there's another resource I'd like to mention. It's the Colorado Career Development Association. And that's for people who uh, don't have access because they're not a member of CU Boulder you know, staff, but they do have uh, find a counselor on there and they have a bunch of career counselors listed in the Denver metro area. So it's the Colorado Career Development Association. Fantastic. We've had some fabulous questions. Uh, we're almost at time here at 1229. Um, does anyone else want to slip in a question, uh, you know, in this last minute of our, of our lunch and learn? Oh, thanks, Liz. Liz posted the link to the Colorado Career Development Thank you, uh, organi organization. Yeah. All right, going once, going twice. <laughs> well, thanks everyone. What, what, Liz? Oh, we've, we've got a lot of uh, th thanks coming in. Oh, well, Liz um, put a feedback survey link in the chat. I forgot all about it. I apologize. But if you wouldn't mind filling that out to let us know um, what you thought of this Lunch and Learn and potentially give us suggestions for future topics. We've been doing these since the May of 2020. And so uh, we would love suggestions for topics because I personally am feeling I'm running out of things um, uh, to have lunch and learns about. So um, lovely to see all of you here today. Uh, thank you for joining us. Um, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of the week. Thanks, everybody. Have a beautiful day.